0: When you're driving, speed bumps force you to slow down. Some are big, some are small. Regardless of the size, they can really mess up your car if you go over them too fast. In this go 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 world, society tends to have a negative view of speed bumps, but in my opinion, they don't have to be a bad thing. We all go through speed bumps in life, such as getting married, a spiritual awakening, having children changing jobs, a trauma, and more. In this podcast, you will hear the various speed bumps that people have encountered and how those experiences have shaped them into the person they are now. Because every story has speed bumps, and that is what makes life interesting. Hey everyone, I wanted to welcome you to another episode of Speed Bumps, and today with me I have Tiffany. I met Tiffany on a podcast that I did with Julia from The Cosmic Peach. And we had this round table, and it was me, Julia, Tiffany, and Deplorable Janet. And it was a blast. We all laughed our asses off. And now I'm super excited. I get to chat with Tiffany one-on-one. So thank you, Tiffany, for being here. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I am honored to be a guest on Sweet Bumps.
0: Well, thank you. I know uh we've had some a little bit of technical difficulties. I'm currently talking to you on my phone and recording through a microphone and it, it's all going to work. It's all going to yeah. work. <laughs> We're making it work. So I apologize to the listeners if it sounds a little tinny. Just work with us. It's going to be a good episode and sometimes you just got to adapt and it's what we do. Roll did. with the speed bumps. <laughs> exactly. Roll with the speed bumps. Roll with speed bumps. I love it. So. Before we get into your story, Tiffany, I would really love if you could tell me two of your favorite things about yourself.
1: Oh, um, that's actually really tough. Um, I think I love how open-minded I am. I love that I can see things from everybody's point of view. Um, and I love my sense of humor. It's a little dark and twisty, but I like
0: it. Listen, dark and twisty isn't bad. And the ability to see the different points of view and not get so hung up on what is just your point of view and being so closed off. To me, that's a sign of like a very intelligent person of, you know, being able to change your mind with new information and holding different opinions because you're not so stuck and rigid and all that.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I feel the same. Like, I can definitely be very stubborn, don't get me wrong, but I will come to the point where I'm like, nope, you're actually right and Thank you for pointing that out to me.
0: Yeah, yeah. What is uh, one thing you've changed your mind about?
1: Um. Well, actually, just today. I mean, this is not a very serious example, but we're painting um, our office at work, and um, the guy has to come in and like cut a piece of drywall out and like replace it. There's a little bit of water damage, and so we weren't going to paint that part of the wall, and then everybody else in the office was like well it'll only take a second to paint it and it'll look good because the guy's not coming for like three more weeks and I really just didn't want to paint it because I'm just done but they've made very good points and I was like yeah I will feel better if the whole thing
0: works. like you said it's not a super serious example but you know you're presented with different points of view and you're like okay I can work with that
1: yeah I'm and very adaptable
0: yeah so I know you had given me a very, very high-level overview of the things you wanted to chat about today, but I am i want you to run the show, just like I let my guests run every episode, because um, you know more about you than I do. I'm just kind of along for the ride. So where do you want to start?
1: Sure. Well, I feel like it's only fitting that we start um, at the beginning of my life with my childhood, Um, I always like to start by saying that I love my parents so much with all of my heart. I know that they did the best they could do with what they were given at the time. Um, but yeah, my childhood kind (laughs) of (laughs) sucked. And don't get me wrong. I know other people had it worse. Some people have it better, but like it is what it is. Um, uh, they both are very heavy drinkers. Um, since I can remember I was as soon as I was old enough, I was watching my brothers while they went to the bar. They were just always drinking. they would bring it back into the house, fighting with each other um just multiple times. me and my sister have had to like call the cops on them both, like just things that children should never ever have to even see or go through.
0: yeah, how many siblings and, do you have? You said brothers, and then you mentioned a sister.
1: Yeah, so I have one older sister. She's four years older than I am. Okay. Um, she actually has a different dad, but my mom got with my dad when she was about four. Okay. Um, and then there's me, and then I have a younger brother who is four years younger than me, and then another younger brother who is four years younger than him. Okay. So we're all four years apart, which is weird, um, but also good because we all get along like really, really well.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. There just lots of, like, traumatic things happening at home. We were never really allowed to, like, go anywhere or, like, have friends over because, you know, it's what they wanted to do. We were just kind of, like, an inconvenience, I feel like, at times. Like, you're the one that had us. Right. Like, you don't want to deal with us. Right. Type of thing. And don't get me wrong, like, when they were sober, they were great. Like, my mom was... Hard to be involved. You know, she was working two jobs. My dad did construction. So he was always laid off in the winter, you know, just like the normal middle, low class.
0: Yeah. You're, you're up in the Midwest, right?
1: Yes. Okay. Closest big city is Cleveland. Um Cleveland, Ohio. Good, good place.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been there. Yep.
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah, so lots of that going on. And then you know, Dad. I don't really feel like Dad ever hit Mom, but there was like shoving, and she was the annoying, naggy, picky drunk, and he was like the fun, free spirited. I'm gonna do whatever I want and blare rock and roll at midnight while my kids are sleeping for school, and don't give a fuck. <laughs>
0: like, gotcha.
1: Yeah. So they just that clashed when they were drinking, and they it was just really crazy. I remember one night in particular. He like we had that corded phone that you know everybody had in their house. Yep. And he, ripped the phone off the wall and threw it and threw it into my fish tank and killed my fish. <laughs> so I was, like, traumatized about that. It was it was rough. Um, but we, you know, we made it through. They stayed together through all of it. We ended up moving at one point um, into a new house that um, just so happened to be right across the street from their favorite bar. Um,
0: That's convenient. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, right. So they could both men, like they literally, like we're always getting DUIs. Like couldn't take us anywhere. It was just, just like, are you guys really adults? Is this what this is?
0: So, so I do have a question, and you can always tell me to fuck off. Um, no,
1: yeah, I'm an open book.
0: So if, and grant you things were different back when we were kids and things like that, um, but I feel like if. Parents were getting multiple DUIs, like did DCF or CPS or whatever term they called it in Ohio, did they like ever step in?
1: No, literally never. Like wow. there were there were literally times where actually one night my mom drove to the bar that was like literally right across the street and she was like, Oh, it's right across the street, I'll drive, I'll be fine. Literally got pulled over on her way home. She pulls in the driveway. And I had, my brother had one of his friends over. So it was me and my two younger brothers. My sister was already off at college at this point. Um, And one of my brother's friends. And we were just all hanging out, just doing whatever. You know, I was babysitting them, obviously. Yep. Um, And my mom pulls in the driveway. And sure shit, the freaking cop follows her right into the driveway. And is literally arresting her. In our driveway, while, like, me and my brothers and my brother's little friend is, like, looking out the window at it, like, that should just never happen. And no. then, it <laughs> doesn't even end there. She's, like, in the back of the cop car freaking the hell out because she's, like, just a very rowdy, <laughs> very rowdy, no filter. Um, and she's, like, trying to kick the window out of cop car. Oh, And I'm just, geez. like, oh, my God. It was just a wild, wild childhood. Like, that- yeah, no, no. Like, the cops knew that the kids were inside. I was old enough to, like, watch them. Like, they never, they never stepped in. They never said anything.
0: See, and that, for me, brings up, like, so many questions of why. Like, was it, I I don't know. Like, obviously, not blaming you guys or anything. It just, it makes me wonder, like, the teachers or the school counselors or, you know, the bus drivers or these policemen who, like, could see you standing in the window and no one was ever like, hmm, maybe we should uh, do something about those kids or make sure they're all right or something, right?
1: Yeah, you know, that's where the system's supposed to be there for you, right? But then when it's more work for them, they're not all about it.
0: <laughs> yep. I Yes. I won't get into detail, but yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just a parent everywhere, <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I, there was even one time, so when, what finally did it for my parents, uh, they came home, or well, I should say my mom came home from the bar one night, and I actually, I was not living there at this time, I had already moved out, I moved out the second that I turned 18, moved in with a boyfriend and his family, and they basically just took me in under their wing, I mean, I was actually really, really good friends with Julia during this time, too, um, she was also going through, you know, some rough family things. Um, and then I was as well. So there would be like a week at a time where she would have to come stay with me. And then I basically moved in with her and her mom at one point for like months at a time, um, just to get away. Like they, they knew what was going on. Um, but once I left the house living with this boyfriend and my mom came home from the bar one night and she was mad. my dad did not come home with her. He didn't want to come home. He wasn't done partying yet. So she literally took all of his belongings out of his room and put them in the front lawn and caught them on fire. (gasps) Yeah. (laughs) So then my brothers called me. So I, like, rushed over. I still lived in town. It was only, like, seven minutes away. So I rushed over. Had to, like, talk to the cops. Like, it was just, like, what? (laughs)
0: Just nuts. I don't even see. I don't even know because I had some cousins who, uh, from my understanding, their mom didn't drink. And at this point, the parents were divorced. But the dad, like, he had DUIs and things like that. And, like, he got put in jail for a while. So, and, you know, we lived in Michigan, which borders Ohio. So it just. It boggles my mind the, I guess, some people go to jail for something, something, something so meaningless, like maybe they're caught with like a little bit of weed, right? Right. And then, but they end up going to jail for like a stupid amount of time. Like five years. (laughs) Yeah. And then there's people who've gotten like a dozen DUIs and it's just a don't do that again and pay a ticket.
1: Yeah. Or, like, you have to have the little breathalyzer thing in your car right, for a minute.
0: Right. <laughs> and that's
1: it. i <laughs> like, what?
0: I'm like, this doesn't, this doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, the justice system, all the things are just bad. But we made it out alive, so.
0: <sighs> so, <sighs> so, if you were out of the house at 18, so then your brothers, when you were 18, were 14 and 10? yes okay
1: still kind of little so they I mean we all had a different experience like my sister was the oldest one she was the one calling the cops first and hiding us in the closet like way back in the day and then you know she grew up and got the hell out of there and you know we did not blame her right so then it was my turn you know and then when I left you know then it was Dylan's turn and Him and Sean had it a little bit differently because that was more towards the end of it where they were just kind of getting sick of each other. And after my mom burned all his clothes, that was just it. My dad actually left, which I didn't think he ever would. Um, So, yeah, he actually left. But then it was, oh, you left me and my boys with nothing. You know, you're abandoning us. But I'm like, whoa, it was toxic. Like, you should be happy that he's leaving you because you obviously weren't strong enough to set that example for us and do it yourself. Fair. So I feel like it all worked out. Yeah, I always feel like the universe has a plan. Might not be your plan, but...
0: 100%. 100%.
1: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so during all of that, um, I had um, a really close friend in high school. Her name was Caitlin. I'm just going to throw it all out there. Um, And she one day was like, hey, I have these pills. Do you want to come over And I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, like, I hate my life. I'm coming over to do these drugs with you right now. So it was me and my other friends. And at that point, I didn't, I didn't smoke weed. Like, I didn't drink. I was like, I'm never doing anything bad. My parents are terrible. I don't ever want to end up like that. Fair. But then it was also like that borderline, like, I also want to forget about all of that. Yeah. So, and I wanted, you know, my friends, like, it's high school. It's very formative years. You have to you know, meet people and try to make friends and kind of be who you're not.
0: Oh, yeah. Peer pressure sucks.
1: Yeah. So um, I went over to her house and that was she was like, here, I got these pills. And it literally was cough and cold medication like that we would just like overdose on and just get super high. And it felt like you were like drunk kind of, but like without that yucky drunk feeling like you were kind of just floating around. Um, And so naturally, I got very freaking addicted to those Um, for probably a good solid like four years. I was just taking pills every day. Like every day, I didn't have money. You just went to like steal them from the dollar store, like just open them up and get super fucked up. Forget about all your problems. I was doing them in school. Um, I actually got in trouble every single year of high school. Those were the whole four years that I was doing these. So my freshman year, I got in trouble with Caitlin and a few other friends because we skipped school to get super high. And then um, somebody tattletailed on us and they ca- the cops like came to the house and we had to ride in the cop car back to school. They didn't know we were all fucked up. So we went back to school and had to sit in in-school suspension all high. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, these people have no idea. Um, but, you know, we thought we were so cool. We were getting away with it anyway. Like, we were still doing it. That was not going to stop us. Um, I ended up on probation at one point because from those pills, I started to do, um, like, 5 amps and Adderall and things that other kids in the school had. And I actually got caught buying pills from this girl uh, my junior year and got in a lot of trouble, like, legal trouble. Ended up, like, on probation. And, like, this was not me. I was, even through all of this, I had, like, straight A's. I'm, I'm a very smart person, um, but I was just like, I don't care. I'm going to do whatever I want. And, uh, yeah, so I got in trouble. I was on probation. And then my senior year, I was doing pills, ag- like, still, again, in school, always in school, just any time. And they got They caught me doing that, and then because I was on probation, I actually had to go spend time in YDC, which is the Youth Detention Center. So I was in there for 16 days, um, which felt like 16 years. It was so long. It was not for me. Um, We had, like, one little thin pillow, or no, not even a pillow. I think it was just, like, two little thin blankets, and I don't know. It was just crazy. And then at that point, I was like, what am I doing? So I stopped. I just stopped for a little bit. And then I met a different friend, and she was doing some different drugs. And I was like, oh, well, I kind of missed that. Let me, you know, do that again. So everything good that I had going for me for that little bit of time that I did stop and get my shit together was just immediately ripped right back away from me because I just couldn't stop. So I was living with this girl, and we just were doing, like, a lot of like different drugs like way harder drugs it was not just cough medicine anymore Um, and then we're doing like crazy things I was on like a cam girl for a minute like I was just literally wild and out like anything that you could probably think of I probably did it and I'm not proud to admit it but it also made me who I am so I'm not ashamed of it either
0: when you were living with her were you over 18 at this point
1: yes so I lived with her I think it was Actually, 18 to, like, 21, I lived with her. Okay. So it was, like, right after high school.
0: Okay, so at this point, you're considered an adult in the eyes of the law, and should you get caught, it would, wouldn't be 16 days in a youth detention center. It could be something worse. Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: That or, like, I literally could have died, like, multiple, multiple times. Um, We were, like... I did meth, like, driving down the road one time. Like, it was just all bad things. Nothing good (laughs) came from it at all. Um, Besides making me who I am, obviously, and, like, learning all of those lessons and learning that that's not how you cope with your feelings and, you know, you have to, like, communicate and talk about them and go to therapy. (laughs) But, I mean, so then a boyfriend actually kind of, like, rescued me from that situation. Um, And... We ended up moving back in with my dad and his new girlfriend. And I lived there for a little while, got my shit together, got a job, got a car. And that is when I, like, literally was, like, done with hard drugs. I never touched another fucking pill. I never did another drug other than, like, I smoke hello hello weed right now. But that's literally it. Um, So living with my dad actually helped. And it was cool that he was able to be there for me because him – with his new girlfriend was completely, completely different than he ever was with my mother. Um he was doing good. He had a solid job. He lived with her. She had money obviously, which I'm pretty sure was like why he was with her. But um Yeah, so they took me in and just kind of got me got my head straightened out and helped me there. And then I had that boyfriend that I was just head over heels in love with. Um red flag after freaking red flag. So That's good, um, which will lead me into
0: the next story. Right, so, I, so I have one question before you go on to the next story. Yeah,
1: no, you're fine.
0: So, you mentioned you know you're doing all these different drugs and things like that. Did you ever do alcohol? Like, would you ever get drunk?
1: Um, only for like fun, like occasionally if we had like a house party and we played like beer pong or stuff like that, I would like drink, but I never really liked to drink.
0: Do you Um, think it's because of your parents or something else?
1: um, I think that definitely plays a big part in it, but I'm also just a very, like, sensitive person. My stomach gets, like, upset a lot, which you're like, well, but you were just swallowing, like, boxes and boxes of pills. But, like, the alcohol just hit different. Gotcha. Like, I didn't – when I did all the drugs, I was still very much in control. But with the alcohol, you're very much not –
0: in yeah. control gotcha okay that's so I fair. think
1: that is like the other big part of it that's fair yeah but I mean I do I love an occasional margarita <laughs> um but yeah back then not so much
0: yeah I mean I've um people think I'm weird because I've never been drunk I don't like the taste of alcohol I like I start to get like that buzz and then it's almost like I get paranoid I've never heard of anyone else who gets paranoid on alcohol, but apparently I do. So I just, I, I don't like drinking. It's not fun for me.
1: Honestly, I think that that is a really good thing. And I think it's so, so I'm going to say stupid. I think it's so stupid that people put that like, oh, you don't drink? That's so weird. Like, no, you're literally filling your body with poison every night. That's so weird. Like, it's not weird to not want that.
0: I saw this thing and it's when someone's like, oh, you don't drink? Or, you know, why don't you drink? You just ask, well, why don't you put mayonnaise on a sandwich? (laughs) Don't you like mayonnaise? And just, like, insert something else besides alcohol, and then you can realize how ridiculous it sounds.
1: Yeah, it's, it's so absurd to me.
0: So, what were some of these red flags with this boyfriend?
1: So, this actually, it'll take us kind of back in the story a little bit. So, I met him in high school.
0: Oh, wait. Hang on. Pause. You met him where? I'm guessing in high school, but then your phone decided to cut out again. Yes. Okay.
1: And um, I actually sat next to him in my Algebra 1 class. He was in 11th grade when I was in 9th grade, but he was in a 9th grade Algebra class for whatever reason. Um, And he was friends with Caitlin, the girl that I, like, became best friends with. Yep. So that's, like, how I kind of got into that friend group. Um, And from, like, the day that I met him, he I was just, like, wow, he's so hot. Like, he's so cool. I just am, like, in love with him from, like, first sight. Not knowing what the hell love even was. But <laughs> I was, like, well, I just, like, want to have him. And I'm that person that, like, when I set my mind to something, it's absolutely going to happen because I will make sure that it does And so I wanted him, and despite every red flag and everybody in my life telling me that, like, are you sure? Like, I don't think it's a good idea. I was like, no, he's actually mine, and I'm going to have him. (laughs) So I started talking to him, and we actually became just really good friends. Um, He just seemed so cool and so, like, understanding he was older, so he had a little more experience, you know, fun stories to tell. And then one day... Um, uh, my friend Caitlin was like, I really like Alex and I think I want to be with him. Is that okay? Like she knew that I had a crush on him and I like, first of all, the fact that she knew like, I'm not going to say no, don't be with him. Like you're, you already know what you're doing. So I was like, go for it. fucking go for it. That's just really shitty. So she did. Cause she like, I, I don't know. She just didn't care. She wanted him to. So, she and he, like, they started dating, and I still was talking to him. So, like, he was talking to me through their whole relationship. And I'm like, that's a red flag, number one. Like, you obviously don't treat women well. Fair. So, then we're, like, hanging out, and then he uh, actually ends up, like, joining the military. They got married, had a baby, and this whole time, still talking to me. Like, literally, almost... Every day, like, obviously, while he was on deployment, we had to, like, email back and forth, which was weird, but, like, all the time. And I didn't care because, to me, she wasn't a real friend, even though I did stay friends with her because I was just terrible with communication. I was just a little two-faced bitch, (laughs) which I can admit because I just was. I didn't – not that I didn't know any better. I just really think I didn't care, which sounds terrible to admit. (laughs) But, um. Yeah, so they got married, had a baby, um, and I just kept talking to him, and then I was actually dating um, Caitlin's cousin at the time. That's the boyfriend that I had moved in with when I was 18, was her cousin, Eddie, and I was living with him and his mom, and one day Alex was, like, back up. They had lived in, like, Virginia Beach or something, and they were up here on, on vacation, and I literally, like, left Eddie's house in the middle of the night and went, and it, like, hooked up with Alex, and it was the first time we ever actually, like, hooked up. It was only ever, like, talking before that, but I was, like, so in love with this kid. So after that, then I just actually felt like shit, so I went home, and I, like, told Eddie, and I was, like, I'm so sorry I, like, did this to you, and then he still forgave me and, like, still wanted to be with me, which made me feel like an even bigger piece of garbage. Um... But then Caitlin found out one day because I like texted him happy Thanksgiving and she messaged Eddie and she was like, you need to get your girlfriend. She keeps messaging Alex. And then he was like, you're stupid. You don't know anything. They already fucked. <laughs> like, Cause he didn't <laughs> care. He was a savage and he, he just didn't care either. And she was like, what? And so then I was like, Oh shit, she's gonna come beat my ass. <laughs> she literally is going to come beat my ass now. This is not fun anymore. <laughs> that was just wild, just lots of red flags. He was just terrible. But then after all of that, so they ended up getting a divorce because she then she obviously like started going through his email and like found everything from from like way before when they first started dating. So that all just kind of exploded in our faces. And then we were like, well, fuck it. We might as well just be together now. So that's when he, like, rescued me from the friend's house. And we moved in with my dad. Well, he actually lived with his parents. I lived with my dad, but he was just always over there.
0: So Alex, me. then you and Alex started dating, correct? Correct. Okay, okay. And you guys lived with your dad? Yes. Okay, keep going.
1: So that all happens. And then we ended, I ended up moving out of my dad's house after, like, Oh, I'm actually really bad with time. Let's call it a year. or So moved out of there and moved in. We moved in with his parents in Geneva and lived there for a while. And that is when I started noticing that he was like doing drugs. Like he always, he was the one that got me like away from them. And so the fact that he started to like do them and bring them around me, I was just like, what? Like That's not who you are. You're supposed to be, you know, like my knight in shining armor. You saved me from this miserable life and now you're bringing it. So he would, he started to like, we smoked weed obviously, but then he would do like cocaine. He'd be like, I just really want to do a little bit. You know, I'm just bored. I want to have a good time. Like he was just always bored. It's like insatiable.
0: And at this point he's no longer in the military.
1: No, he, he got out at that point. Um, He just served his four years and then he was done. But
0: I guarantee you, he picked up the drugs in the military.
1: I'm sure I, eh, (laughs) I, this is not going to be a fan favorite, but I'm not a big supporter of the military. Um, I don't like what it stands for. I don't feel like war is necessary. And I just, my whole heart aches for all of those families and everything that they're going through. But those people come back brainwashed. And that's just my opinion. But, yeah, it's a strong one.
0: (laughs) I mean, I've gone back and forth. So, I have, my dad was in the military. Uh, My husband was in the Marines. Uh, My mom's one of nine. So, between her siblings and their spouses, I counted at one point, and I'm going to get this number wrong. It was, like, 12 of them, you know, plus I have cousins, so... There's a lot of people in the military. Um, I dated guys in the military. And. I think you have to have the right kind of head on your shoulders. But then. If you go through any shit. When you come back. There's not the resources for them. The VA, I do agree. The VA sucks. And. Um, a, a lot of. I, I agree. A lot of war isn't necessary. Um, it's more of. I love my country and hate my government type mentality for me.
1: Yeah. And see, and I can appreciate that. Like, I really, I see that perspective and you're so right. Like those people are just trying to fight for what they think is right. And I do admire that.
0: So, and whether they're false wars, real wars, I'm not even going to try and get into that. But I do think that because of our military, we enjoy freedoms that other countries don't mm-hmm. so for that I have to have respect for them um but a lot of the missions they get sent on they don't have a choice and that's where I think the fuck up happens
1: yeah it, it really just breaks my heart and thank you for like bringing that perspective into it because sometimes I just go straight to the like this is all bad <laughs> I'm very I can be very pessimistic sometimes um but yeah It's definitely sad, and I wish they did have better resources for them, because I've seen it affect so many people firsthand, as well as I'm sure you have, and it's very sad.
0: It is, and I mean, you know, a lot of these, it's mainly guys who join the military, girls do too, uh, but guys who join the military, they'll join typically right out of high school or a little bit after, and they're young, dumb, and stupid, and full of testosterone, and a lot of the times, you know, I've heard the stories from my husband and my dad and my uncles, like, And my ex-boyfriends, like, it's a giant drinking party for the most part. And they can get some sketchy stuff. And, you know, um, when you're on deployment, whether you're married or not, you're not married. Like, when you're... Uh So, it definitely, in my opinion, does not promote a family culture you know, in the moving every two years for the kids, like, I'm not a fan in a lot of the structure is what I will say.
1: Yeah, it's just so much like instability, I feel like.
0: Yes. And, you know, that has effects on the kids. It has effects on the spouses. Um, And I feel like those aren't really talked about because there's even less resources when, let's say it's a dad when the dad leaves there's even less resources to help you know the mom and then the kids of them no longer than being in that military life yeah so like the va's there if you know he happens to whatever ptsd or hearing loss or whatever you need some type of medical treatment but there's no resources once you leave it, it, it's very we could do better is what i will say i don't have the perfect answer but I know no, we could do better.
1: I completely agree. And we should just do better. There's just no excuse. But, yeah, so he he was definitely pretty messed up from that, I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, started doing the drugs and bringing the coke in. And, you know, he would always be like, oh, well, if you love me, you would do this with me, you know, that manipulation. You know, it's fun. If you love me, you would want to have fun with me. And. Don't you want to, you know, stay up all night talking and, you know, just gets in your head and I'm like, okay, well, I do love you and I would do anything for you. So, sure, I, like I'm in a safe environment. Sure, I'll do this cocaine with you, even though I know that I don't want to and I know that I shouldn't.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So we just did that. I mean, like anything that he could really get his hands on Adderall. Um, and then he started um, wanting to do you know, psychedelics, and you would get some acid and do that. And I'm like, if you don't have, if you're not mentally, like, healthy or, like, stable, that is not what you should be doing. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. At all. So he would just always want to do that. And I just was so, like, weak. I really just recently have started, you know, setting my actual boundaries for myself and, communicating and saying, like, hell no, I don't want to do whatever, you know, whatever. Do you want to go to the grocery store with me? Hell no, I don't want to. Are you
0: still with like, him?
1: Anything. No. Okay. No, we broke up, actually, about three years ago. Um, It was actually March 14th of 2020, so literally, like, the weekend before COVID, like,
0: what? yeah, blocked out. Yeah, yeah, before the world decided to go crazy.
1: Yeah. It was nuts. So we were still staying in his parents' house because he had no drive to um, get out of there and do anything for himself. Um, I was right there with him, you know, so I can't really say much. But So his parents actually went to Puerto Rico for, like, it was over the winter. And they were about to come back. They were coming back, like, Monday. I think it was, like, a Friday night. And he was like, I just really want to, you know, have a chill night and do some acid before they come back and I just want to hang out, and I'm like, okay, fine, like, I really didn't want to do it, but I did it anyway, we were just hanging out, and watching Rick and Morty, and chilling, and then all of a sudden, he was like, I, I don't want to do this anymore, he, like, started to feel uncomfortable, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, sometimes when you're taking psychedelics, you don't want any technology even near you, like, it's just not a vibe, so I was like, let's turn this off, let's just go hang out, we'll put some music on, and talk, and, Whatever, I'll make you some coffee. So we go in the kitchen, and I'm making him his coffee, and he just literally started talking, like, nonsense. Like, he started to lose his mind, and he was like, we're not safe. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, it's just me and you here. The doors are locked. Like, we're literally safe. And I just kind of tried to, like, bring him back to Earth. I don't know. And it just just kept going on, and, like, everything he was saying kept getting – crazier. He was like, no, we're not safe here. We have to go. Like they're coming. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So I'm starting to get freaked out, but I'm trying not to let him yeah. see it because that will make it worse. Right. And like I'm tripping too, so I'm just like, oh just breathe. We got this. It's gonna be okay. So I'm like, okay, well this is kind of not fun anymore. If you're not feeling safe, maybe we should just take a shower and you know, go lay down. So I put him in the shower and he's like in the shower he's literally just standing in the water he like wouldn't wash himself he wouldn't do anything so he just kind of rinsed off so I'm like all right whatever I turn the water off and I'm like here's your towel dry off and let's go upstairs so he literally like holds the towel won't dry himself off and I'm like oh my god like what the fuck is happening right now like why is he not here
0: yeah he's like having a mental break almost
1: yeah I'm like he go? So I'm like terrified at this point. So I'm like, let's just go upstairs. We're fine. So I like took him upstairs, laid him down on the bed. I put like music video or something on the TV and he was like laying down. And then I called his brother and I was like, Ernie, me and Alex took some acid. He's acting really weird. I do not know what's happening, but you need to come here right now. And at that point, Alex literally, like, sat up in the bed, like, Undertaker style, (laughs) and just turned his head and looked right at me. And at that point, I was like, holy actual fuck, that is not my boyfriend. I don't know who that is. And I was so, so scared. So I stayed on the phone with his brother. And I'm like, Alex, you know, Ernie's on the phone. He wants to talk to you. Everything's Okay. You know, like, just trying to reassure him and calm him down, even though he just clearly was out of his mind. Um, so he gets out of bed, and I, like, I'm backing up, and we had um, one of our bongs on the dresser. And he, you know, like, you can tell when somebody's grabbing something to, like, hit yep. with it. He grabbed the top of the bong like he was going to smash it over my head. Um, So I grabbed, like, the base of it. And I was like, no, like, what are you doing? That's my favorite bong. Like, still trying to make him laugh. This whole fucking time, all I cared about was him. I'm probably going to cry. Just ignore me.
0: No, you're Um, good. You're good.
1: So, yeah, I just grabbed the base of the bong, and I was like, holy shit, like, he's literally trying to kill me right now. And as soon as I put my hand on that, and he couldn't, like, lift it up, he took his other hand and punched me square in the face. And he had never laid his hands on me before. Like all the fucked up shit he's ever done, like he's never hit me, and he did. And I'm little, I and mean, he saw me in the video for a minute when it worked. Yeah, I'm yeah. a little person. I mean, he was not. He was jacked. You know, he's in the military. He, you know, he had muscles. He was a tall guy. So punched me square in the face. I took the hit like champ. Didn't even fall down. But then he did. Like as soon as he hit me, it was almost like. He came to, he like fell to his knees and he started crying. And he was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I did not mean to hurt you and like was freaking out. So here's me still only caring about him. Get down on his level on the ground and I like grabbed his face and I was like, It's okay. We're okay. Like everything's okay. We're safe. We're fine. And I'm still on the phone with his brother this whole time. Like I'm like, Ernie, he just punched me in the face. Like he heard everything. So I'm on the ground holding his face like he, he was actually there with me for a minute. And then I just saw his eyes like change again. And I literally jumped over his body and ran down the stairs and out the door as fast as I could and just like shut the door behind me. I just ran outside. I had no shoes on. I was just like in my pajamas, ran outside and standing on the porch. I'm like, Ernie, I had to get out of the house. Like, he is going to kill me. At one point, he, like, grabbed his, like, he had, what are they called? Like, little swords. I don't know what they're called. But he literally, grabbed his sword. Like, he was just not okay. So, I'm outside. I'm on the phone with Ernie. And he's like, don't call the cops. I'm on my way. Like, I'm on my way. I'm like, you need to drive faster, dude. I'm fucking scared. Yeah. (laughs) So, I'm literally standing outside. In the, like, it's March, and not, like, right now in January, where it's, like, 50 freaking degrees up here. It was cold. Yeah. Like, so I'm standing there shivering, scared to death, tripping on acid, like, oh, my God. So at one point, I'm like, okay, I I don't hear anything. I'm going to, like, peek through the door and see what's going on in there. And I look through the door, and there was so much blood in the house I will literally never forget, I thought he killed my cat. Like, that's how much blood was just everywhere. I was like, holy shit, Ernie, he fucking killed my cat. Like, this is not okay. Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. So I'm just freaking out. And he's just, like, trying to call me down on the phone. And I'm like, I have to call the cops. Like, I'm hanging out with you, and I'm calling the fucking cops. I I don't care. Like, you're not getting here fast enough. Yeah. So at that point... Um, our across the street neighbor was his brother's like best childhood friend. So instead I hung up and I called him and I was like, can you please come over here? Like Alex is freaking the fuck out. He just tried to kill me. Like I'm not okay. I need you to come over here. So he did. He came over and he went in the house and I stayed I literally stayed outside. I could not go in there and he went in there and it ernie still wasn't fucking here i'm like what are you driving like my grandma like where are you yeah lived in astribula so it literally should have only been a 15 minute drive and it very well could have only been 15 minutes but it felt like forever yeah so then i'm literally standing there and billy comes walking back out of the house and he was like i'm done i can't be in there you need to call the cops and he what just walked, he just walked away. He literally left me standing out there in the cold and was like, I can't do this. You have to call the cops and walked away. So that- I'm like, holy fuck. So at that point I really did call the cops. And I was actually really rude to the dispatcher because I was tripping balls and she was like, what do you need? Like the cops or like an ambulance? And I was like, just send everything. What fucking kind of question is that? I need help. <laughs> like, so, and then she was like, ma'am, you don't have to be rude. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but like, I need help. So, that was just wild, but... So then, the cops get there, and we go inside, and they told me that if I wouldn't have called the cops when I did, he would have bled out in the bathroom floor, because all of the blood that I saw, that I thought was my cat, was coming from him.
0: You trying um, to kill himself?
1: He... I don't know if he really tried to kill himself, or if he was just... Literally blacked out, just destroying the whole house. Like when I, t- it looks like a family of four was murdered in there.
0: Holy shit!
1: It was insane. Um, he ripped the railings off the stairs. He punched holes in every single picture frame. There was glass everywhere. He slipped tables and TVs over. Um, he went into the bathroom and tried to rip like the glass shower like off the wall um water was running everywhere there was blood everywhere he punched through the double pane kitchen window and that's what like sliced his arms so bad that's where all the blood i think was coming from
0: holy um, shit
1: yeah it was insane he tried to rip like the kitchen sink out of the wall like it was it was bad like his whole his daughter's whole playroom all of her toys were just covered in blood like every everything and then there's just me. Like, the cops go in there. They get him, obviously, up and out of the fucking house. And I'm just finally, like, sitting in there on the edge of the couch, like, shaking. Like, I what just happened? Yeah. And it was, it was just nuts. And still at that point, still, all I fucking cared about was making sure he was okay. I literally went upstairs. I grabbed, like, one outfit. And Ernie, I went with Ernie. To the hospital. Like, we followed his ambulance to the hospital. And I stayed with him there. And it was just the most traumatic thing I've actually ever gone through in my whole entire life. I will never get those images out of my head. Ever.
0: That is... That's a lot. That's a lot. What I will say is, for me, the traumatic image piece... What helped me was EMDR therapy. Um, that's something you can look into.
1: You in your, uh, in your episode, you said you did that after your car accident. Well, not car accident. After you were hit by a car, correct?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, I call it a car accident even though I was walking. Um, but yeah, I did that after that because I couldn't walk in a parking lot. I couldn't yeah. be near a sidewalk. Um, I was having flashbacks like... So many things. So it doesn't work for everyone. Nothing works for everyone. There's no magic pill, um, literally or figuratively. But for me, EMDR saved my life.
1: i absolutely have to look into that because I would love to just never see that house again in my head. Like, just even just saying it, like, and I've gotten better. I used to not even be able to tell the story. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: But I still, like, it just... It's fucked up. It's just
0: so fucked up. What EMDR does, it doesn't take away the memory. It takes it so if when you talk about it or think about it, it's, let's say a 10 out of 10, you reprocess it and actually feel the emotions that you didn't get the chance to feel at the time. So then when you talk about it or think about it, it's a one or a two out of 10. So the That's beautiful. so the memory is still there. You don't lose the lessons. You don't lose the memory, um, but you're able to sit with the, I guess, sit with the memory and understand it without having the triggering story behind it. If that makes sense,
1: it does. It does, and it sounds beautiful. I probably definitely should look into that. Um, I did not actually go to therapy after that, which you you're probably like, what? <laughs> you definitely need therapy. I know I do. <laughs> I do this thing where I will like start therapy and I'll be going for a little bit. And then I'm just like, I'm good. But like, no, you have to stick through with it. <laughs> so I know that's actually something I do
0: need to work on. Uh, therapy is hard and uh-huh. it's not fun. And I don't blame you at all. Like, I think that's a super common thing of I'm going to take a wild guess of it's either you're not, you don't feel totally comfortable with the counselor and, or it starts to get into a place of things that you don't want to talk about or think. So you're like, Nope, I'm good. Peace. And you just don't come back.
1: Yeah. Literally. I like, I ghost counselors. I really do. like this last, I literally just started, what was it? It was probably like around Thanksgiving. I started a new therapy and I was, i I like it. I like talking to people. I love working through and, like, processing things. I really do. But I feel like in therapy, they always just go back to, like, your childhood. And, like, don't get me wrong. I had a traumatic childhood as well. But, like, when I'm seeking the therapy, I'm like, I want to talk about now. And so then I kind of I'm like, no, I'm good. I don't want to do this anymore because she just wants to focus on that. But I'm like, maybe if I got through that fucking part, (laughs) she would focus on something else or if I communicated with my therapist that maybe I didn't want to talk about that and we wouldn't, but I don't. (laughs) So I just ghost them.
0: Yeah, like you have to you have to tell them what you want to talk about, Um, you know, and I recently started a new counselor and because my PTSD has gone through the roof because of certain life stressors that I'm not allowed to say on air right now. Uh And, uh, it's the way she's approaching EMDR is very different than the way my old counselor did. My old counselor was very focused on the car accident because that's all I wanted to focus on. Whereas, um, this counselor is like, well, I want to go back to when you were young and start when you were young and create a timeline because sometimes when we're little something will happen and we don't realize how traumatic it is for us we think we've gone through it but if you can reprocess that thing when you were a kid it makes dealing with the thing when you're an adult so much easier like it reprocesses it itself almost like it spirals up like because you're fixing the base if that makes sense
1: it does. And it also, it makes so much sense because, like, they have to actually understand who you are and, like, what you've gone through. So I do get that they need, like, that whole timeline. I guess I'm just stubborn. <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't want to give it to you.
0: <laughs> it, I, it's, just, it's not fun, right? It, it's not fun. It's hard, and it sucks, and it's work, and uh, it's not fun to be vulnerable and, you know, tell people basically your deepest, darkest secrets and, like, I know it sucks.
1: (laughs) Right. But does that actually make sense? Because I can come on a podcast and tell the whole world all my deepest, darkest secrets. But the therapist, I'm like,
0: nah. (laughs) Okay. But to be fair, I'm not diving into some questions maybe a therapist would. True. I'm not being like, so how do you feel about that? Or, you know, when your sister was locking you in a closet, like, how, like what did you do? Like, what did you think? I'm not asking you those questions. Right. You're... Um, you're in complete control of this story right now. And I'm just interjecting some questions um, with the full knowledge that at any point you could tell me to completely to fuck off. And I would. So, like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not asking questions like a therapist. And I think that's the difference is you get to choose yeah. what you're comfortable talking about. Whereas a therapist may rightfully push you on those areas that you're uncomfortable about.
1: Absolutely, and I love that you said it rightfully because that is their job, and I'm literally just hating on them for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) But the fact that I can acknowledge that, like, that, for me, I'm like, okay, I know that I'm being an idiot, and I know that I need to go back, and so I will. And I absolutely will, like, put my all into it when I'm ready. So,
0: yeah. If it makes you feel better. better. If it makes you feel better. So I did EMDR, and I reprocessed probably let's say 90% of the car accident. Cause I was talking to my counselor about this today. And she's like, so, you know, you haven't reprocessed the other 10%. And I said, yep. Cause I don't want to deal with that. And I like flat out looked at her and I said, cause I don't want to deal with that. Like it's a 10 out of 10. It's a very two specific memories. I don't want to deal with it. And she's like, okay. She's like, but you know it. And I said, yep. And I've been pushing this off since May 6th of 2014. And it's, Currently, January 19th, 2023. So, yeah, uh, nine years. I Yep, I can push shit off, too.
1: (laughs) Solid. (laughs) I'm not ready ready yet. A little bit better, right? And it's okay. And I feel like at least we know. Like, we know we have work that needs done. And Mm -hmm. that is just a really big part of it.
0: And like you said, part of it is acknowledging it. I know it's there. And when I'm ready, I'll face it. I'm just not there right now.
1: Absolutely. So yeah. So then in the meantime, I just really try to focus on myself. Now I left him. I left that day. I never spoke to him again. Still to this day, I just left him. I got all my things back, like randomly through Ernie. He would just bring me all my things. That was his brother. Um, cause I just, I left everything in the house. I just left and never looked back. Um, I got my own apartment stayed with a friend for a while before I got my apartment. I have amazing, amazing friends and support. Um, Got my own apartment um, and actually have like an amazing job because of him. So I can take that as like, okay, maybe if I never would have met him and I never would have gone through all this, I would not have the amazing job that I have now. And I actually met my current boyfriend at this job and he's amazing and just so kind and loving and helps me through so much. And I'm like, what did I ever do to deserve this? But I was just me, and I always give love no matter what I'm going through. And, yeah. So I'm just doing really good now. I like to journal a lot. I just focus on myself. I read books, and I just really kind of do whatever makes my soul happy because for the longest time, I didn't even know who I was. I was just there.
0: Yeah, you were just you're just existing, and you're – mainly living for others.
1: Yeah. Like always. And now I'm not. And now it feels amazing. Like I can come home and I have this amazing life that I can show to my brothers and show to my, you know, my mom and dad. And like, I'm doing good despite all of these bad things that happened to me. And like, just want to show everybody else that they can too. Like you can get through anything.
0: Yeah. And It Sometimes it feels like when you're in the thick of it that you're not going to come out the other side. It sucks and it's hard. And, you know, you don't quite understand when you're going through it, like why? Everyone wants to know why. Why is this happening to me? Why did God let this happen to me? Why, 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 why? And that's a completely normal, valid human question. But sometimes you don't know the why or you don't know it for years. Because to your point, Without the crazy, shitty situation that you went through, you wouldn't be at the job to meet your current boyfriend.
1: Right. Or I wouldn't have, you know, all of the knowledge that I have that, like, this is not what a relationship is supposed to look like and now I can actually be in a good one and, like, holy shit, he's nice to me and not run away because I think that's weird. (laughs) Like, no, they are supposed to be nice to you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. you. It's almost like you have to... Learn it the hard way first. You have to put your hand on the hot stove to learn that the stove is hot.
1: Right. And I hear that. Why? Like, why can't we just listen to what people tell us? Why do we have to go through that hard road? But you're right. If I just would have listened to everybody and never dated him, I never would have went through all that and learned everything that I did and became who I am.
0: Yeah. I mean, and that right there, the ability to – see the silver lining or acknowledge the good that came out of it is something that a lot of people struggle with because maybe they're still in the thick of it and they can't see that good that good piece they they don't understand that why and maybe there is a greater why you know, maybe you might end up marrying this current guy that you're dating i don't know right and so then it hey. becomes well you have kids now because of the crazy ex-boyfriend you have this because like and so it makes yeah. that situation, or that memory, I will say, just a little more bearable.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Well, I'm so glad that we were able to chat even through technical difficulties. And, you know, we make it work. Um, do you want to give out your Instagram? Um,
1: I honestly don't even know what my Instagram tag is, but you're absolutely more than welcome to tell them <laughs> I think it's
0: like at Tiffany with two eyes Rod Rick I think your last name is in there too it'll be in the show notes if you yes. want to connect with her that's what I will say because I don't want to touch my phone right now because you're talking on it um, yeah, but it look. will be in the show notes I can't look right now but it will be in the show notes and I just I want to thank everyone for listening I want to thank you Tiffany for joining me and Thank you all for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful night. Hey everyone, I wanted to thank you for listening to another episode of Speed Bumps. If you're enjoying this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you subscribed on whatever platform you're listening to this on. If you're listening on Spotify, I would really appreciate if you clicked that five-star button, and if you're on Apple, you can click the five-star button and leave a written review if you're so inclined. If you're interested in coming on my show, you can reach out to me at speed.bumps.com podcast on Instagram.